This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. My bookie presents Shake Them Ropes. Intercode Ropes, double your first deposit. Get up to $1,000 in free play. Only at my bookie. We will plug them harder later in the show. I'm Jeff. He's Chris. Hi, how's it going? Chris, in honor of uh, in honor of the news that uh, for being the elite, I believe it was. I did not watch this week's yet, but uh, I believe they had Eddie Kingston cut a promo on a cookie in order to mock WWE's communications class. So uh, cut a promo on pumpkin spice, which is the worst. But. You hate pumpkin spice. Huh? Exactly. Do as I right. say. So, <laughs> this is my uh, you, want me, you want me to grind your ass or your axe, <laughs> not your ass. You want me to grind your axe. Well, yeah, um, I don't know, right. Chris. Are, is all there right. something you've been wanting to tell me for a while now? You no, know? no, <laughs> no. I, all right. I, I'm going to try to channel, channel your rage here. My all rage. Right. Listen up, pumpkin spice. <laughs> For the last nine months, who knows where you've been? You've been hiding. You've been running. You've been dipping and dodging me all spring, all summer long. When winter came along, when it was cold out, when there was nothing around, where were you, Pumpkin Spice? Gone. In the clearance aisle of some grocery store, abandoning me 50% off, no less. So, Pumpkin Spice, next week at the Garden, you're going to be looking square in the face of Chris Novembrino fighting for his friend, Jeff Hawkins. And nothing is more powerful (laughs) than friendship. Nothing. You're going to see that in the Garden, Pumpkin Spice. Putting over apple cinnamon, the true taste of fall. Apple cider, cider donuts, much better than rotten squash, propped up with a bunch of crappy spices. You heard me. I don't care who you are that you like pumpkin spice. Sucks. Stop it. Okay. <laughs> uh, also, since we're doing tributes here this week, this week uh, in tribute to Dolph Ziggler's courageous performance on commentary this week where he effortlessly shoehorned in a number of Motley Crue songs, primarily from the classic Shout at the Devil. I will be paying tribute to Dolph Ziggler by shoehorning in as many songs from the rock group Kiss as I can during the course of this show. Any way you slice it, Hawkins, I'm almost human, and I'm an all-American man. Ain't that peculiar? Four down. Hundreds more to go. I don't know Kiss well enough to keep up with you. That's the problem. Here. Well, then I'm going to bang, bang you, buddy. If you somehow fit in, let's put the X in sex. I'm going to dance all over your face during the course of this show. Let's take it to Detroit Rock City. Hit me with some news. <laughs> uh, NXT has announced a takeover for October 4th. That means we have like two or three weeks to build up this thing after two Great American Bashes and after two Super Tuesdays, another Supercard in front of... They're not sure yet if they can get the Thunderdome for this, Chris. So it's looking like another Performance Center takeover that I just think we don't really need. No, no. uh, As Kiss might say, there are some who would say, give me more. 
uh, but others have uh, gotten all that they can take here, and they just want to get away. Uh, the NXT takeover here, I just I think it's too close. I don't think that a lot of these stories that they have been telling are really particularly fleshed out or particularly hot right now. Um, that, that said, there are, you know, there are interesting things on the horizon, like Kyle O'Reilly's face turn, but it, NXT's still very much in a transition after getting the title off of Keith Lee, in my opinion, too soon. And, and I just think there's not enough time to build anything with real heat. You'll have great matches. Don't get me wrong, guys. I'm, I'm all for great matches, but you know me. Great matches don't keep me, I mean, they don't keep me interested. I want to see the emotion. I want to see people feel something. I want to see people fight. And, and I, just, I just think it's, I think they could, I could think it could do without this. They could wait until Survivor Series weekend and take their time here. We don't need more content. For any reason, I don't think. Um, yeah, e- even uh, AEW's having a special show on Tuesday that was supposed to play due to the NBA playoffs, and I'm just like, dude, everybody's running way too many shows right now, in my opinion, but that's me. Uh, some comings and goings, mostly comings on this one. In fact, I have no goings. Uh, Jeff Hardy has... Re- saying, I will be there. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming this is a reference. This is yeah, no, these are all kiss. Re- <laughs> like, any line that sounds weird or like something I might not normally say or sw- slightly shoehorned is most likely a kiss title because so many of them are very simple clauses and phrases. Do you have a checklist in front of you? Because I have the all- Wikipedia okay. article and I'm just <laughs> scanning through them for phrases that I can say. Uh, Jeff Hardy has resigned with the company, assumed to be five years because that's what the ordinary deals are. Looks like we're not going to get a Hardy's reunion anytime soon. <laughs> and we're going to, we're seeing two guys over 40 in a ladder match in a triple threat with Sami Zayn, who's been hurt most of the year. Good on Jeff Hardy for getting five more years out of this run. Oh, sure. Because he has done nothing that has been uh, dazzling to this point. So I think the big thing that's driving retaining him one is the AEW competition and two maybe the hope that Jeff can still draw some laps fans uh, when they get back on the road at some point PW Insider reporting that Molina is coming back to the WWE I didn't think she added that much to the NWA I know that she's viewed as a star or a former star I just I think there are other women you could put effort into here I mean we didn't do anything with Mickey James calling her old all the time, which just annoyed the hell out of me the, the, on this build to Oscar. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But no, uh, I, I, the Mickey, the misusage of Mickey James to me is very, very frustrating, and I think is actually a useful prism to understand Melina because Mickey James is still performing at a very, very high level, and Melina, um, from my viewing of her work in recent years, and I've seen a fair amount of it, is nowhere near the level of Mickey James. And Mickey James has not been getting handled very well. And I don't necessarily think Melina is going to... Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Melina can handle not being handled well. Well, who this hurts? Is anybody in the PC or on the fringes of the PC possibly being brought up with the sexy gimmick? Especially if they're not blonde. I'm thinking Chelsea Green. I'm thinking uh, 
Vanessa Bourne. I, 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 it just depends on what brand she's on, because well, I don't think they're they're not putting they're not being presented to. She might not yeah. be doing. Um, oh no, she's doing the same thing she did all the time. They never change people. Oh, yeah, oh, you're right. Well, coming back to WWE, well, I was gonna say because in like recent years, she's been more kind of like the calculating older statesman type. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but no, you're right. Coming back to WWE. Nobody ever changes. Nobody no. ever grows. It's always play the hits for them. They want to see the Molina they knew. James, yeah. I don't, yeah. No, no, it's, it's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah, and Jeff Hardy. I mean, Jeff Hardy is still 22-year-old Jeff Hardy in a 40-something body. <laughs> it's breaking down quick, it seems. Do, do we have any other ladies-in-waiting? Wade Barrett has signed a one-year announcing deal to work NXT. Okay. I'm fine with him. I he You're is, not fine with him, though. You're not fine with him, though. Uh, I'm not. So get, it, get into this. I just... I He's already worn out his welcome with me. I don't know why. I just... It was one of those things where I'm listening to him this week, and it's already... I can hear the coaching. I can hear how they coached him and, and what the lines that he's supposed to hit on hard. It doesn't feel real. You know, Nigel, <laughs> Nigel, for all his they're slightly happy to have control of the broadcast a little bit more after Morrow's departure. Yes. Like maybe there's a bit of an overcorrection going on. Well, that, and also Wade left this company at one point. He wants, you know, he wants to keep this job for a while. Like I, I, I understand it. It just, uh, you know, the, the commentary doesn't do a lot for me on NXT these days, especially because of, uh, Beth, hey, there's a kiss reference. Yes, woohoo! Nice, <laughs> nicely done. That Thank that you. that is uh, one of their classic ballads. <laughs> yeah, Nigel's on. Uh, well, getting into it. Uh, NXT UK came back this week. Nigel McGinnis doing color commentary on that. Peter Chris wrote Beth. Did you know that? That's a, yes, that's I Peter did. Chris. Yeah, there mm-hmm. you go. Yeah, I don't know a lot about Kiss, but I know enough. Kiss Army. They'll probably sue I, us. For, I, I they'll probably I sue us for right before the show. Like, like there was not a lot of thought that went into this kiss gimmick. I, I want everyone to know this. <laughs> uh, we'll finish up the news. Get into TV. Uh, they debuted the trailer for season two of The Mandalorian. Sasha Banks featured prominently in there, I think. And there's al- already there's there's a casting director who pretty big in Hollywood is asking who she is, and I don't think they mean. What character? I think he was asking, who is she? I, I think there might be because WWE requires you to ask for permission to do these outside projects because remember they created you. Oh, and then sure. you and then you have to pay against like your downside to do these outside deals. It's very weird. I, I was reading the contract, uh, the basic booking contract. You can find it on uh, there's an SEC filing of it, but it's like it's very weird how they, you know, you get the time away, but you have to pay like 10% of your fees to WWE. It's it's very, very well, confusing. kind of like what they're trying to do with Twitch, where it's like they want to have all slices of the pie. Yes. Yes. And I, I think I think the time might come. I know Sasha loves wrestling. But if show business wants you, that's she a... She might shout it out loud, and she might move <laughs> on from WWE. <laughs> That's a short window, man. If they if if you got star power, use it and do it. I'm I'm off, and she might just be Mercedes 
Varnado. Well, it's also a short ladder at WWE, too. So when you get to the top of it, you're never going to be more visible. Like, if you're Sasha Banks or Bailey, this is as prominently as you're ever probably going to be featured on this program. Like, uh, yeah, they're not going to run the entire main event of, you know, like Raw or whatever through you. And, like, it's not not as though she hasn't main evented stuff either. Um, no, I, I think WWE, uh, as, for performers, needs to be viewed as a an opportunity to launch whatever vehicle you want to launch post-WWE. And it's a stock, and you got to sell when your stock is personally the highest. Because um, if you hang around for too long, the company will do things that make you less important and less cool. Like Braun Strowman, I'd argue he hung around too long. I tend to think that Sasha has more Rock slash Cena leverage than, say, if you remember when CM Punk did the Colt Cabana podcast, where they, where he was when he was the hottest thing in professional wrestling and companies were coming to WWE to use him, and Vince kept on offering, like, Sheamus to do the Slim Jim spots instead of CM Punk. That's not going to happen with Sasha Banks. It might, it would have happened with like Bailey, but what won't happen with Sasha Banks. I could see her having leverage to go do these projects. I, yeah, I, no, I, I do. Think the familial ties and stuff help her out too. Uh, like she comes from a show business family, unlike some of these other performers too. So it's like she has connections outside of WWE and has some establishment outside of WWE that she can work through. For the Wrestling Observer, WWE applied for trademarks for the terms Ashante Adonis, which is the new name Tahuti Miles has been going under, and Desmond Troy, which is the new name of former college wrestler Denzel Dijonet, who, was, uh, who also lost this week, I believe, on NXT, if I recall correctly, if I'm getting my shows correct. I like Denzel Dijonet a lot. I, I, I hope that this repackage starts something. Um, yeah. It will be a trial by fire. <laughs> And finally, in the news section, Lince Dorado's gimmick may be changing. Uh, on Instagram, he showed himself looking at his mask and wrote goodbye. So he may be out of the Lucha House Party gimmick or maybe unmasking. The unmasking has such a poor track record in WWE. <laughs> it, it's just like, I get how these guys get, like, oh, they don't really get talked into it. You just have to do it. It's part of your contract or whatever. But, like... Man, it, it it is never the start of something good, right? Like, like, is there an example I'm missing where we got the mask off of somebody and that really booted them up? Uh, Quang. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, you're right, you're right, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a, gotta, although gotta I liked hand, Quang. Hand it to Quang. <laughs> I liked Quang. Come on, uh, may, maybe, uh. <laughs> Maybe uh, Al Snow as uh, Avatar or uh, or PJ Polanco as the uh, Portuguese Man of War. Okay, <laughs> uh, right, but like, okay, in the case of PJ Polanco as the Portuguese Man of War, he had to go to ECW and become just incredible to really get. Beat. That's very true. Yeah, like, well, no, the he, one guy he would, helped, been, he would have been Aldo Montoya forever. <laughs> now, the one guy that helped for me was, uh, well, I mean, in addition to the, like the normal ones, but uh, Paul Diamond becoming Kato. And reuniting bad company as the Orient Express. I thought that was a brilliant no, Okay, move. so I'll give you one where I actually do think it helped. It wasn't WWE, though. Um, WCW, Juventud Guerrera. Yeah. I think Hoovy losing the mask, that angle was actually really effective for him. Um, yeah. Because the mask was cool, but, like, he's such a good-looking guy that, like, had, 
having him unmasked was not like so tragic. What was more tragic is this dude's ability to self-sabotage. Yeah, and he's such a smart ass that you you couldn't convey that behind the mask. You had to when right. he was doing like the rock ripoff stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, no. There, there's a lot of character stuff that he was able to do without the mask. Um, yeah, no, I, I think he really benefited from it. But uh, you know, like, God, Vince probably would have tried to unmask Ultimo Dragon if he had had the chance. All right, let's get all the main roster stuff out of the way. Actually, let, let's get NXT UK out of the way because I don't have a lot to say about that one. Um, Kaylee Ray is one of the best characters in this company. Rain or shine. NXT UK coming back. Coming back like only NXT UK could. <laughs> which means they didn't change. They didn't change a damn thing about any of this. My favorite thing is that the Kenny Williams and Amir Jordan angle <laughs> was cryogenically frozen. Yes. Like Han Solo and thawed out. His labrum is still messed up. Jeff... The uh, Amir Jordan's labrum was torn. The WWE it, universe time never time never moves on, Chris. If eight months had went by and my labrum was still jocking me eight months later, I'd be thinking about a career change. <laughs> <laughs> if I was Kenny Williams and my tag team partner had an injury that would not go away, I'd be thinking about a new tag team partner. Sid Scala appears to be forgiven of his trespasses, which is an interesting choice. Uh well, I, I like, think they just had to do a blanket benediction for this roster if they wanted mm-hmm. to bring back NXT UK. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not condoning that. I'm not condoning that. No, I'm not either. I'm, I'm not. But I'm just uh, laughing at the absurdity of it. Well, I mean, you know what's weird is is there is so much junk. It, wow, was that a cat? Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's a little rumble between the cats. That, that had more heat than the new NXT UK. <laughs> Very true. I, you know, I, the Kaylee Ray segment's the only one that stood out to me as being any good. I mean, yeah, sure, we got a reintroduction of all the tag teams in NXT UK, and most of I mean, look, I love the hunt. You love the hunt. They're great. I like yeah. Gallus. I think Gallus is fun. Pretty deadlies there. You know, it's it's a fun little division, even with even with Jordan and Williams, and then the Whoop guys. They came out last yeah, minute, but yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, you know, the other thing that killed me is uh, one of the guys on commentary went, you know, they say the NXT UK tag division is one of the best kept secrets in the company. Um, and this company loves to use that lie, but it's particularly hilarious for a brand that's been like disregarded for six months. Um, but <laughs> also, it's a, a complete misusage of the phrase "best kept secret." Like, yes, <laughs> as though we've got it locked up like a state secret at NSA headquarters or something. Oh, but one thing NXT UK has learned is the Kevin Dunn camera cut. Good that pair God. was experimental wrestling angle coverage that never needs to be reproduced ever again. Jeff, the camera angle somehow managed to make this venue seem both big and tiny at the same time. And, like, not in the good way, but, like, in the worst aspects of both of them. Like, they'd go super wide and it'd look ugly. They'd go super narrow and everything would look squished and, like, super cramped, um, weird, off center angles and like diagonal style angles it just just horrible camera coverage paired with kevin dunn jumpy editing stuff the arena is static we have to make it seem lively so we're gonna move so we're gonna cut the camera all the time that has to be the thinking here right oh uh, yeah no we need to we need to make the energy happen um yeah that paired with a white hot Ilya dragon off promo <laughs> 
Boy, don't don't him and Gnome Dar just get you pumped for the reboot of this brand. I, I'm gonna tell you something. I dug Gnome Dar on this show. I, I did. Okay, I like Gnome Dar, but like, you are bringing back this show. But he hasn't changed a bit either. None of these guys have changed. Nothing has changed. There's no like no fresh thing. And, you know, like when COVID started and initially we were, you know, discussing whether they should keep going, whether they should pause. Like we were talking early on about like how maybe they should pause. And during that time, they could take some time and write out some angles and start getting some like long form stuff in place and long form plans in place. So that you could execute those and still do a little bit of the week to week booking stuff, but have some have some big pieces set. Um Now I am convinced, given how the NXT UK experiment has played out, that time would not have made any difference. What you are getting is what you are getting. They literally hit a so inspired. They hit a pause button, and and they left for six months, and they just hit play again. Okay, but if they don't care about the show any more than to just hit pause on it and not even try to like freshen up, put a new coat of paint on. Like, why am I supposed to buy in? Chris, I will free you from the bonds of having to watch this week to week. I'll tell you if there, I'll, I'll watch it. I'll scan it. If there's any match, I'm not saying it will pop on. I'm not saying we'll never talk about it ever again, but like, I just, you, me and Joe Lanza are the only people who have watched every episode of this. Yeah, no, I mean, it's like 205 Live or whatever. It's I, I still occasionally watch that, which sounds weird, and I'm not, like, some sort of completionist or whatever. But, like, sometimes I just want to have, like, something on while I'm cooking or whatever, so I'll still pop it on. Um, But, like, they are completely devoid. You can tell when WWE has checked out on a piece of television real estate. And 205 Live and NXT UK are very much in the WWE main event. You guys just do whatever sort of category now. Yeah, we don't have anything for you, but go wrestle a good little match on this show. And then make everybody... Like, this week on, on Main Event, they had a really good match with... Uh, <laughs> White Beat Babyface Humberto Carrillo. <laughs> oh, uh, dimples, I love him. Uh, he's never coming back because of Dominic Mysterio. And um, and uh, uh, Ali. It was a really good match. It, it, it was. It, so it was there's just... a theory here that Carrillo can't come back because he'd outclass Mysterio in every yes. way. Yes. yes. No, I'm, no, I'm I, I think that's right. Yeah, that. no, I think it's correct. Yes. Look, we, we got some, we got a star here, guys. We, we already got something. <laughs> got a young Hispanic baby face. We don't need any more. Can't possibly make two of them. No, and I, or you couldn't possibly have them be friends in like a tag team or something like that. Too. <laughs> People yeah. don't have friends, Chris. This no, is WWE. No, no. Hey, they, Our not, baby no. faces are strong, independent <laughs> men. They they are loved, <laughs> but from afar. <laughs> oh, let's get into this main roster. Let's get into a little bit of Raw. Absolutely. So. Oh wait, wait, wait. Uh, I, hey, you know what? There's actually a Kiss song called "In Your Face." <laughs> In your face all night long. We go through four months of thinking Angel Garza might be something on this main roster when we bring him up. And and Andrade feuding. And the end result is that the person they're going to push out of this is Zelina Vega. Well, we have... Hey, that's Bianca not Belair. to me either. Which no, is it's not. No, it's ridiculous because of the way they've been booking it. But like, absolutely no, ridiculous. It, no, it's ridiculous, but it's not shocking to me. No, it's not. I'm just like, 
So we went through all that just for Zelina Vega to have a title match with Asuka. And look, this, this clash of champions is throwaway match after throwaway match. It really is. They're, they're trying to build these people, but we know most of them aren't probably winning. I mean, it, it, unless it's a major like title. No, feud. But, but that actually highlights a real problem with the Zelina push in the sense of if you are not putting the title on Zelina and she's quote unquote, the one who's getting pushed out of this trio, all three of them are going to be in nowheresville after clash of the champions. So there are five speaking members of Retribution and then other members of Retribution who may not be members of Retribution. Do I have this correct? Yeah, because, like, th- there is, there's, like, uh, the tribunal, let's say. The, the Red Tribunal. Now, and- are, the, are the non-tribunal members members of the PC who have been there for a while that want revenge and stuff, or are they just I people? think it could be backstage parking guys. Um, Adam Pierce, I hear, is not a very good manager of people. Um, a lot of people are very <laughs> upset with the way Adam Pierce has been managing things backstage. Um, so you have that parking attendant guy. Uh, who got roughed up by Big E this week. He seems pretty big. He's probably pretty angry about stuff. Um, you know, any number of people could be part of Retribution. That's what's so great about it. That's It's such a fun angle because of that. It's still the same five that I said before. But, um, <laughs> yeah, and, and of course, the, the Hurt Business are going to be the ones to fight them. I found this to be, like, a real misstep. I love the Hurt Business. And yes. I, I think that, like, MVP, I, I think that Cedric Alexander's a nice addition to this. Everyone's got a role inside of the Hurt Business. It's different because, like, MVP's the mouthpiece, but, like, he always refers to Lashley as the CEO, which creates an interesting kind of dynamic um, for, for the main mouth guy to kind of be playing off of here. Um, having them... As the people who are going to save Raw, even as a red herring, it it feels out of character. Or if, and then when you had the Hurt Business get into it with the main event angle, I thought that that was like really the wrong move. Because um, like, you don't, the Hurt Business versus Retribution as a match doesn't work because it's heel faction versus heel faction. And there's no reason to turn the Hurt Business face right now. And arguably, like, they've done nothing to earn that face turn. Uh, Retribution's obviously not faces, not in Vince's eyes, and, like, certainly not in the presentation on screen. Um, and that, it's just a bad fit. Um, yeah, and, for me, let yeah. me let me, let me no, go put ahead. this yeah, to pick you. it up here. Um, I have no problem with heel factions and heel factions fighting. I don't. I think it's natural. No, like the Shield the, and the Wyatts was white hot, but you had to establish both yes. of them first. You also have to establish that the Hurt Business is not doing this because they love the WWE so much. They have to be self-interested as a reason to fight Retribution. And there's and no self-interest like here. a clear, obvious thing that they're yes. gunning for right now. And having yes. them inserted all of a sudden into Drew McIntyre's main event picture when you've got Keith Lee and Randy Orton up there with Drew, like, it just... It adds unnecessary confusion, especially when the guy who you'd probably want to insert into the main event picture would be Lashley, and Lashley's already got a title. Yes. Yeah, I thought it was also too soon for Keith Lee and Drew, but they got out of it. So. Yeah, yes. yeah, but that, that, the, the end of Raw, I thought, was an unforced error in stories that were actually kind of... 
like even the initial opening tease of retribution offering to pierce hey we'll do this but we want a transaction like we're doing this in a purely transactional way that was intriguing to me um, yeah where it stopped being intriguing is when it intersected with the main event angle um because retribution is so stupid uh and like the the angle itself is so stupid um, so, and it's kind of like the main event angle here on SmackDown too, with, uh, Jey Uso and Roman Reigns we'll get to, but I just thought they were trying to do way too many things in that main event angle. Uh, yeah. Um, so we're going to get a third member of the Mysterio family involved in this angle. Um, hmm. Uh, I, I... can we have two Aaliyahs on the roster? Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, who who isn't pumped for that? Yeah, I had another point. I can't remember what it was out of Raw. I, can't, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to ask, but uh, I think that'll do for right now until I can remember. Uh, the Buddy Murphy thing, I think they've just tried to zig and zag too many times with him. I agree. Yeah, I, I think when, once you get him out. Uh, Riot and Morgan, looks like we might be doing a little bit of a title push for these two. Yeah. Yeah, uh, actually, wouldn't surprise me if they end up beating Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler. Yeah, and then they can move on to the Shayna Nia program they've won for a while. Okay, here, here's my thoughts. Uh, Davikato. Uh, that's that's what I was. The, you, the, the you Braun and I Strowman. always talk about fundamental wrestling builds, Jeff. Yes, yes. Davikato presents an interesting wrinkle to us because on every level. Davikato has been built in a way that you and I would approve of in a long form mm-hmm. booking pattern. You introduced yes. him the first week. He had strong wins over enhancement talents. Preach. He has recurred on a regular basis basis in an intervolic pattern, but not too often so as to be overexposed. He's Squash been, matches. Yep. He's been protected every time he has encounters with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we've built this dude to a, a match with Braun Strowman. And if what? you've been watching all along, it's not implausible. No, but what is Braun Strowman doing at Raw Underground? He is fighting. Everyone fights at Raw Underground. It's a place where fighting happens. Did he use his quarterly pass to go to Raw from SmackDown? That's one of the... It, you don't need rules for Raw Underground. One of the exciting things at Raw Underground... Oh, they just do what they anything want. Anything can happen. It's a place that's a little bit on the edge. You know what they need is they need a constitution. They need rules... They need no, a committee. What they need is lawlessness. What they need is a little <laughs> bit. Of, here's the problem, Jeff. Your society's got too many rules. Your ring, your ropes, your referees, your bells. Too many. Too many. Hard to follow. Raw underground, no ropes. No bells. Yelling. Shane on commentary. Not three people. Shane barely calling the action. This is simpler. It's purer. It's sport. <laughs> Oh, SmackDown. Uh, I liked the follow-up. I liked uh, to uh, Bailey Sasha. I, I think Bailey should have been able to hit the chair again, though, before bringing it up. You didn't find Sasha to be melodramatic, like I just. Of course, this- I did. Yeah. <laughs> because they're not. Okay, look. <laughs> maybe this is just because I like the performers involved here that I'm forgiving them of the melodrama. But I can't also think they never. <laughs> What's the last subtle program WWE ever did? It feels like Bailey and Sasha are largely directing this, though. Yes. So, so I just thought that she, Banks could have been a little bit more reserved. 
I didn't even want her on this program at this point. I still I want her you. selling the energy for God's sakes. Yes, I, I she should be on site. She should be if you're going to do this, do it from a hospital bed or something. You know, I'm you have access to me why she would be on site if she couldn't wrestle. Especially exactly. given, given the current climate. <laughs> I'm going to go backstage and do an interview. <laughs> give, give me the They're not going to stop me, Chris. Swab. I can't even wrestle tonight. Yes. I can't be cleared physically, but my presence, my presence alone. <laughs> I want to be in the bubble. <laughs> Let yes. Me in. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Always uh, fun to do that with a neck injury. You know what's fun in wrestling is legal maneuvering. Oh, everyone loves a good legal angle. There's so many memorable ones. Restraining orders and... I feel like the only time that worked was with Stone Cold Steve Austin because Austin is like, screw the law. And, and what never happens in subsequent like law angles, um, up to and including Moxley, really, it, you got a little bit of that with him beating up the lawyer, but you never get the like screw the law energy thing that a legal angle to me really should invoke. And the idea is that the idea to me of a legal angle in wrestling, if we're talking about the morality stuff and like, how does it work for an audience? It works because the, the logic is that the cowardly man or cowardly performer, male or female um, is hiding behind law because it, in, in, in objective fairness and also in just a in a, in a battle of might makes right in, in both standings, they would not win. Like they don't have a standing on a moral basis. They wouldn't have a standing in a fair fight. So they're hiding behind the law. That's how the angle's supposed to work. And the baby face is supposed to slash through that wall of the law. A thing that so often in our lives, as watchers and viewers and people trying to escape from reality, we find it much harder to do in reality. The baby face gets to do that for us. And so often with these legal angles, and Otis is going to fall victim to this the same way, it does not happen, or they get pwned by the law. I want a montage of Otis doing night school and learning legal maneuvering. And I want him to win the case. I, that's what I want. I want him to give some impassioned speech about how we, Your Honor, Your Honor, and may it please the court. I'd like to address the court. Can do I not. Do bring not my take ham my sandwich up, up as I'm doing. It? No. Okay. I'll put it down. Put it down. Don't don't let my looks fool you. I truly. He just starts with this eloquent inherit the wind type of closing where he wins the case and they carry him as opposed to what they're going to do is he's going to get tricked out of this contract somehow. Right. No, I think Tucker's trying to screw him over. Oh, OK. Yeah, no, I, I the the tell to me or the thing that got my antenna up, at least, was that. You've got a legal problem line right at the end of that scene. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I did. I did love out the... With the heel beard there. I, I don't know. I'm starting to see some signs that maybe <laughs> Tucker's not as good of a friend. Uh, this contract is corrupting Tucker. O Otis's simplicity in his comedy is amazing to me. It just is. You loved serving. <laughs> what was the line? Oh, oh uh, what are we serving? Uh, like, yeah. He, he, I mean, like, look. He's funny. He's a, he's an obviously funny dude. And um, I loved the just the huh. 
I hate the news, Chucky. It was another I good line it. of his. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I, no, he, he's funny, dude. Like, he's really funny. But uh, it, it's, it's unfortunate because it's like, okay, he is funny. But I just, I see so much more in this guy um, a, as an underdog powerhouse dude uh, who, the same way people see Big E, I, I think Otis could do that same thing. Powerful dude, big guy, funny. Otis has got that same thing. Anything else from the main roster? Um, well, we, we need to talk about the main event angle here on SmackDown. Um, okay, but, go for yeah, it. Yeah, like, all right. So, you got Roman Reigns and Jey Uso in, in another one of these tag matches with Baron Corbin because Baron Corbin has to be on the main event of SmackDown every week. It's in his contract. Um, apparently, that's what being King of the Ring is. Um, and Sheamus, it will never, ever, ever go away. Um, like, this was just... It was a misstep in what has been a good angle with Reigns and Jey Uso. It was weird to have Reigns and Jey Uso work together because, to me, the whole story of this angle is Roman has changed. Jey does not understand to the extent of which Roman has changed. He He gets that Roman's a champion. He gets that Roman's a little bit different. But he doesn't understand how different Roman is. Jay's and, a stupid baby face. Yeah, he's really dumb. <laughs> but like, what's weird about it too is sometimes he's in Roman's face about it too. He's like, "I'm gonna get a title shot." It's it's weird because it's like he knows, but he doesn't want to admit to himself, right. and then he just doesn't know at the same time. It's like, dude, you're, it's like, hey man, we ain't kids anymore. I'm like, that was a great kind of foreboding line where it's like, oh, I know I'm in a fight right now. But then he goes back to that happy-go-lucky, let me hug my boy Roman type thing, and you're just like, what? Yeah, the whole, come on outside, come out of the ring, come on, let's celebrate on, this, on the stage. You know, we're babyface, we walk out <laughs> on the ramp together, we, we stand at the top of the stage, yeah! The, the, the logo, the logo goes up. Yeah, no, it's like, it was, it was very weird. Um, and, and the same thing with the Roman face flip switch moment. Yes. Um, yes. So that, if you're going to do that, should have happened in the hug when they're hugging rather than Roman smiling and feeling the love and hanging on to that, like, I love you face for so long that you're legitimately confused about what the hell is going on in this angle. And then, as Jay is walking away with his back turned, then and only then, when Jay could turn around at any moment and see you in angry heel face, that's when you put on the mean mug. And Jay's so stupid and so happy that you're still like, oh, come on, party on the ramp with me. They're going to do the logo. Yeah, like, no, it, it was very... In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous 
brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you, you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying oh, hey look at some random cards or whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash VOWnet. Arenaclub.com slash VOWnet for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. It was dumb. Yeah, the, the long stare at the yeah. title belt, yep. which yep. wasn't going to lead to anything. And just, uh, yeah, the long I just, stare at the title belt, and like, okay, that goes back to your like, just what, give it back to him. <laughs> what's, yeah, what's the mens rea of Jay, though? Is Jay a guy who seriously is like, all right, I've been a tag guy my whole life. This is my my friggin' title shot opportunity. This is the first one I've gotten in a decade. Yeah, my cousin's champion, but I think I can beat him. I know this guy. Um, Is, is he that guy who really wants a title shot? Is he he's just there to have fun? And, and they can't seem to decide from week to week. And, uh, they, uh, yeah, this was just... Well, to me, to me, it's just, okay, if yeah. Jay just gives the belt back to Roman, does like a fist pump and goes on his merry way, we're good with that. But he does the, my precious, with the title. And you're just like, ah, stop like, that. Why can't Jay see through that? Yes. Yeah, it, it like, it's it just, there's just weird stuff going on here where they think they're being cerebral, but what they're really doing, what they think they're doing is they're creating layers on these people. Mm-hmm. But what they're really doing is creating characters that don't actually exist in a real psychological headspace. Exactly. Exactly. If they played this str- a little straighter, I think it'd be good, but they're playing the mellow. It's it's almost like it's almost like if Roman had started this angle clean shaven and he started growing the goatee. You know? Remember when they used to do that? Where it's like, you know he's gonna have a heel turn because he started growing facial right, right, hair. Right, yeah, sure, sure, sure. The hair's going black. You can kind of see it going that way, too. Let's give a shout-out to our sponsors this week, my bookie. It's actually fall. 
and the summertime. And at MyBookie, that can mean only one thing. It's winning season. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means free bets, super contests, survivor, and more. At MyBookie, winning season is all about your chance to win big. We got the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, professional tackle football has started. College football looks to be coming in (laughs) for as many weeks as we get it. The UFC and then some. The craziest sports summer of your lifetime is here going into the fall. It's simple. Make your picks, win big, collect your cash, invest in your intuition, select from hundreds of future bets, or you can bet games in real time with MyBookie's live betting. Not only sports but pop culture, politics. If you can bet on it, my bookie probably has it. Put that big brain of yours to good use. Use promo code ROPES and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play, designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Thousands of cross-sports wagers, props, and parlays await. Sign up now to bet with the best and celebrate your victory. Your winning season begins today only at my bookie. Once again, use code ROPES and double your first deposit. And as always, we thank MyBookie for sponsoring shows across the Voices of Wrestling Network this month. Hawkins, I'll give you something to bet on, Hawkins. Last week at Madison Square Garden, we all saw what Pumpkin Spice did to me in the ring. You took the belt off of Jeff Hawkins, you hit me in the back of the head like a coward, and you rolled me up using the ropes. Well, next week, you and I are going to be in a steel cage, Pumpkin Spice. There'll be nowhere to run, nowhere to hide, no Starbucks coming for you. You and me, Nassau Memorial Coliseum Buster, I'll see you there bored with the gourd um (laughs) wednesday night wars were both i thought both shows were fantastic look aew did 886,000 viewers 0.34 and 18 to 49 third place on the night nxt 689,000 i believe they got 31st on the night so this isn't a contest interesting that the viewerships went down for both i think yeah, what do you attribute that to? Because I, I thought that was the more interesting factoid than like any of the raw numbers this week. Is I, I thought, I to thought me there's two. We're there, to me there's normal last week, and I, I don't know what's going on this week. To me, there's two hundred thousand viewers that will swing depending on where what night of the week it is and watch wrestling no matter what. That that's what it is to me. Okay, okay. Because it seems like it's about a difference of two hundred thousand on on both right now. So there's that. <laughs> You know how in elections, in electoral cycles, you have one-third who are Republicans, one-third who are Democrats, and one-third who are undecided? That's what this is. Everybody has their sides already decided, but there's that one-third that can be talked into watching a show if they so choose, you know, or if it's on a different night. That's what I mean. Uh, Not necessarily on a given night, but... uh, So maybe part of this, too, is it's more of a question of first view. It's not like... Because I have a hard time believing that there are that many people who are watching. Well, I, I suppose there are people who are watching NXT and not AEW and vice versa. But I, I tend to think there's a lot of overlap. Yeah, I do too. And I, th- I think we watch both. And I think. Well, I know we watch both. I don't think I could fake my way through this show for this. But, long. I, but I think it, I think con. I think in, if you looked at numbers after DVR, I think more people DVR NXT and watch AEW live. That makes sense. Because I, I watch AEW live and then I watch NXT. I think it just has more energy to it and I, I enjoy it as a show. Yeah, I know. I, I, okay, so like I think I like AEW's 
something just everything about the way WWE has chosen to do this just felt like I think they were at their best when they you know had the people banging on the hockey boards or whatever. Um, like the Thunderdome has felt weird. I don't like it. Um, I I don't feel like it really adds anything. Like if anything, I think but NXT doesn't have the Thunderdome. No, I know. Um, Although SmackDown ratings are very good, that's the weird thing. Is Raw is kind of Raw held its own this week, and that they got they got football, football to contend with though. Like you know, yeah. yeah. And then SmackDown has kind of improved a bit, which is kind of interesting. The Roman and Sasha Bailey stories are drawing uh, drawing people. I mean, it's not great, but it's over two million. I which think is, it's got to be the Sasha Bailey stuff's drawing a decent amount of eyes. Like I, I, I mean, the other thing too is SmackDown. Okay. Yes, we'll forever dog on, like, Jeff Hardy segments and King Corbin segments, right? People love uh, them some Jeff Hardy, too. I got to tell you. But people, like, this is why I was saying earlier, I get why they signed him again. And good on him for monetizing, like, a name at this point. Because, like, he's not really an act. Um, but, like, yeah, no. Uh, I mean, we'll dog on those. But, like, a lot of times, SmackDown's a very watchable show. It's just... It's on your Friday nights. Um, I think the other thing that's probably helping him right now, Jeff, is that more people are home on Friday nights right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and you know, SmackDown's on. It's something to watch. I would not disagree. Uh, Dynamite or NXT first? Um, what should I watch first? This week? I watched Dynamite first this week. Let's do Dynamite first this week. Uh, Bring the boom. Dub doo Dynamite. I, I my favorite part of Dynamite was the quick squash match by MJF. I gotta admit, I, I I think we need to stop the trope of pulling people from over the barricades in the ring. One act should be able to do that. Two acts is a little bit too much. Yeah, no, Murderhawk Monster guy uh, Lance Archer I think has uh, killed a lot of the. The problem with his ridiculous entrance is that, like, it kills your ability to do that in the show any other time because, like, you've got this guy who has it necessarily as a trope of his own entrance. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> but but I mean, after after the Lucha House Party or not Lucha House? God, oh, I'm gonna. Are you talking? You want to talk Luchasaurus and uh, Jurassic Express? No, I was talking the Lucha Brothers. Oh, okay, it. Lucha Brothers. There are a lot. There's a lot of people who fit into that Lucha House Party mislabel. Yeah, I know. I know. I just uh, Lucha. I messed it up a bit. Uh, I liked that FTR uh, Jungle Boy Luchasaurus match quite a bit. I, I've, it's very weird what they're doing with Jungle Boy for me. Uh, yeah, I've Jungle Boy is like he's uh, w- what Orange Cassidy needs to be worried about happening to him. Uh, a, a guy who it seems like they're interested in, but like then they don't know how to really turn that into a thing. Yeah, just uh, I, I, if this were 1985, I'd see a lot of value in him kicking out of a lot of uh, finishers. It's gotten a bit ridiculous how many finishers he can kick out of. Well, here's um, the other problem too: the kicks out of all the finishers because he's got just an unbelievable amount of heart like what wcw was pretty good at getting this over with Rey mysterio in like the mid 90s uh 96 97 he had the heart where most guys couldn't kick out of the jackknife powerbomb but Rey mysterio just had so much fight inside of him that you knew that he might kick out of it um with jungle boy because of the way aew does their matches where everybody does like a ridiculous move and then you get a kick out and like a near fall near fall near fall near fall near fall 
the audience has no way of even like necessarily registering that as oh that's Jungle Boy's gimmick. Oh oh he this guy's got more heart than anyone because like Chuck Taylor might kick out of like way too many near fall finishers that should be finishers. If you have a match against the Young Bucks, everyone kicks out of like three or four moves that should be a finisher in a wrestling match. Yes. Uh, I liked the Will Hobbs introduction into the uh, in, into what is a main event storyline. I thought yeah, it was, was great. Effective. Yeah, no, yeah. right, right. No, I thought Moxley did a good job making uh, Hobbs feel uh, l- like he belonged. And like, mm-hmm. like, he's, like he, did, he did what you want a baby face to do to get over another baby face. Yeah, I, yeah, and I think that's how you. I mean, if you're gonna, if you're trying to build up a guy again, after you know, that's that's not bad to associate him with the world champ in no. your organization. No, no, absolutely not. Um, you know who I still think has a lot of gas left in the tank? Frankie Kazarian. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think, man, I, I enjoy. That's a heck of a match. All right? Yes. No. In, Kazarian's had a, had a few of these like sneaky good matches here along the way this year. Um, no, I, I. I've always been a fan of Kazarian's, but uh, I just—I have not, oddly enough. Interesting. Just, you didn't—you didn't like him in TNA in the uh, the early days. I was mad at him for being put into Fortune, okay, and then throwing okay. out Desmond Wolf because I loved Nigel. I thought Nigel was perfect for that second bad lieutenant role. Sure. And then, and then adding Frankie Kazarian into into Fortune and then kicking Desmond Wolf out really ruined it as a faction for me. So I, I've always kind—I had a bit of a sore spot. Nice guy though. Flew, flew to uh, Daniels and Kazarian were behind me on the plane to New Orleans. Nice, and, uh, nice. We talked and, one, a bit. and I loved Bad Influence when they, when yeah. Daniels oh, and Kazarian yeah finally got together the, in TNA. The Appletini gimmick, yeah, yeah no, right, no, 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 like like that. They had they had spot on music and everything too, dude. Like no, like that that was a good act. They were good. Um, they were fun. Cr- Chris I also liked uh, oh, didn't he tag with uh, Austin Aries at one point too. Kazarian and Aries? No, I'm sorry, uh, that, was Robbie, that was Bobby Roode. All right, never mind. Go, go on, go on. Because Ivelisse um, <laughs> and Thunder Rosa had some issues this week. E- well, no, no, no. Ivelisse has some issues that she imposed on Thunder Rosa. <laughs> let, let us not throw Thunder Rosa under the bus here. I, I like, she has had... Several outings that I think have, um, I- including the match at the pay per view, which I know a lot of people liked, but I thought was a little touch and go, to be honest. Um, but I don't, I, a number of these outings, I just have not seen things, and maybe I can rewatch them with different eyes and I might see something, but like most of the problems Thunder Rosa has been encountering during her matches thus far in AEW have been the result of the other person she has been working with. Yeah, I tweeted out a thing where she stopped selling at one point. Uh, Chris is well aware, having done the Lucha Underground podcast for Voices of Wrestling, wore out her welcome there pretty quick. Um, and and, and I, to that point, Thunder Rose and Evil East, no strangers to each other because they were in that locker room as well. I'd like to give her the benefit of the doubt because she tweeted out her house burned down this week. I have confirmed. Um. <laughs> okay, so like, here's the thing. Um. If that don't was come the, to TV, then right. That that's my point. If, if it's it's not that like I don't have any sympathy. If that's an issue, no, of course. Like, like you know, if I 
the, the week my grandmother died, right? Like, you know, like if I didn't want to do the show or whatever, that's fine. What I wouldn't want to do to someone, if I didn't think I was good enough to get on the show, I wouldn't get on the show and become a blubbering mess 30 minutes in and have Jeff try to scrape me off the pavement. I, the wouldn't next, quit, like, I wouldn't quit halfway through a match and just look yes. like I was bored. And then, and then end on the show and just start like telling fond memories. No, right. If you're, and then start if, punching people like and laying it in because... Everybody has different ways of grieving, right? Some people grieve um, in, in private and need time away. Some people I, come to work and they work through, they need to put some time distance between the situation and they work through it. Um, but if you want to work through it, you got to work. Um, so, like, um, I had bad stuff happen outside of the ring. That is not why you started to sandbag in the middle of a full Nelson. No. You weren't like, oh God, think of the, think of the protected mountain lions. <laughs> like, that's not what was going on. You know, mint match. I, my love of supply side economics came into play, and I just started thinking about. <laughs> 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 oh dear Lord! I gonna be a tag team match next week. I don't know if it's already been taped, but uh, oh, Sheeta and Thunder Rosa versus Diamante and Evilise. That could be interesting. That's all I'm saying. Um. And then the street fight between best friends and pr- pride and powerful. Love the love the dead president's makeup on on uh, on our proud and powerful. Yes, proud and it's, powerful. It, there's a there, oh, there's a typo here. Uh, <laughs> proud and powerful. Was this five stars, Chris? No, no. I will answer this for you. No. Uh, was this the was, greatest street match, street fight oh, yeah, in the history no, no, of street that, fights? That it was. It was absolutely that, but it wasn't five. No, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna split the difference on this one, Hawkins. I love uh, the match. I just it I, was I, five, five stars. This, like the, the, this is okay. It's a TV angle. I guess you could say it's a main event TV angle. But like, if they had ran this on the pay per view and they did do this on the pay per view when they put it on the pay per view card, it was a lower card angle. Um. And I, and I guess the defense of some of this stuff is, well, they're not giving away things. Um, okay, but what you give me still has to be enough. Um, and best friends in Santana Ortiz, yes, it turned into a good little match here. This has been a dumb angle. Um, and Santana Ortiz are goofs. Uh, and, and, and none of these guys coming. Yeah, they had a nice match here. These guys are cooler now than they were four weeks ago. At least not in my book. Santana Ortiz. I still got memories of one of those two slopping around in orange juice. That is my thought of these guys when I think of them right now. It's kind of my formative memory. And best friends is like a hug. And they're Orange Cassidy's buddies. Um, so, and they were fighting over a van. Like the stakes were low. They had a good match. Um, I don't, I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm slightly biased against street fights. So I'm like, not the guy to come to and be like, Chris, what's your favorite street fight? I'll be like, uh, I, I like street fights. I just, it, it's like, it's like when, when they did the cold velveteen dream one, right? They, there's too many. That's what this reminded me of. You, you can see the big spot coming a mile away. And I, I, I much rather just see the with fight these type of street fights is that they feel too movie like. Now. Yes. Um, and too planned out and too much like a skip match. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it's, it, there's, there's set pieces that they're, that are trying to get to. And um, I think here, the, the problem for this best friend Santana Ortiz angle is that they didn't have this skip match to hide behind for the angle. Um, you just don't have enough heat between these four guys 
to really, you know, justify a second clashing of the horns. You needed to have the stakes of the street fight angle to kind of put the smoke and mirrors on it. I liked the roughness of it, you know, like at that one point, like at the beginning when like the uh, the wood bounces up and hits Trent in the face and he has to sell it for a second. I kind of, you know, I like when things don't go as planned in a street fight because they generally won't. I liked the blood after getting slammed through the windshield and stuff. You know what I hated? I hated the crowd. I think it was Brendan Cutler was one of them, too, which, you know, the the, the people standing around basically uh, mugging for the camera for the whole thing. I, you know, I, I, I get having the audience. They just took took a little bit away from me for it. Yeah, right. You don't want to have no audience because, like, you worry that it overstays its welcome. But you don't want the audience that's trying to get on camera, and that's what's right. Like yeah, you don't want them too proximate either, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah no, it, it, it's it, a street fight. Why are right, you all exactly, this close? Exactly. Yeah, right. Theoretically, in a street fight, there's no they don't plan out audiences for, for people to walk because that would that would suggest boundaries and limitations. Favorite street fight? I just told you I don't have one. Okay. I, I well, I you know, I thought you might have a kiss song. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. oh man, uh, you know what? There, there, are, I, I'm like way behind in this journey of one thousand years to get all these kiss songs going. Uh, but baby, I'm the king of the mountain and uh, larger than life, as it were. My my thing is, I don't know if these were technically street fights or not. I remember really loving. It was Barry and Arn versus Doom. At that where they where it was like no where they had cut the junkyard promos, it was originally gonna be Flair and Arn versus Doom, but Barry they brought Barry in and they had they had a knockdown drag out. And then I remember, uh, I don't think this was technically a street fight either. I think it was a quote unquote parking lot brawl, though still, or maybe it was a junkyard. I can't remember the name of it, but the uh, the Regal Fit Finley one from Nitro where I think Finley legit got injured in the course of that match because they got a little bit too into it. Do you remember that one? Where they I went to the junkyard and were slamming each other on cars? Oh, mm. dude. I, I may have to watch that. that. That match is awesome. All right, we'll finish with NXT. From the uh, Apologies and Retractions Department, Jeff Hawkins comes in and says, Shotzi Blackheart rose to the occasion, I thought. Oh, now, it's, it, it is sweet pain, as you might say, Jeff. Is it? To, to have to admit mind. that Shotzi Blackheart... Like, look, she was not bad in this match, man. Like, like, no. Like, that, this, she was not bad. I, I, I you know... Uh, this is her best match since the Evolve yeah. uh, match that was on that pay-per-view, I thought. I was pleasantly surprised i look i was rooting for a good match don't get me wrong no i'm not like rooting against her but yeah man, i don't root against Shotzi Blackheart. The contrary that's yeah. all i'm saying yeah it, it's one of those things where you where you come in humble and you go Shotzi, i'm sorry for doubting you you rose to the occasion a big title match i think they put her over strong on commentary despite losing because you always lose your first title match i think she's getting this title eventually She's the exact kind of thing that the main roster loves. She has a character. She's charismatic. And now that you have Hunter and his boys running creative on this thing, I think they give her the title and EO gets moved up. Probably. You think Shazzy gets the title? Interesting. I do. Um, 
Well, who's going to be the number one contender in this battle royal or whatever the heck they're doing this Candace. match or something? I think Candace is. I think Another this- EO Candace match? Yeah, and I think Candace gets the title this time. Oh, okay. I, I just... No, I see, I, I, well, I see Tegan, I see Tegan and Candace. Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. The, the Gargano thing, their whole Gargano way angle only really works if the Gargano way results in them both having titles at some point. Imperium and Brizongo over delivered. I thought. I think it's a little too late to kind of try and rebuild Brizongo, but it did give them some. Uh, it, it gave them some tough tag team credibility for me. In some ways, they're not just goofs. They're really good here. No, this was a good match, right? Yeah. Like, this is a. This like, is what I want Brizongo to be. This is kind of living up to the potential that we thought yeah, they could yeah, be. Yeah, no, no, no. As opposed like, to just like these gimmicky jerks who come out and like do an occupation every week. I've wanted them to kind of serious up the gimmick a little bit and show that they are great tag team specialists. And Imperium's a great opponent. I love Imperium. I'm never going to doubt them. I, you know, I'm kind yeah, of upset get, that they're not the champs. We need a little bit chance. more character development from B- Brizongo at this point. Yes. Like, you know, but, like, I need them to be a little bit more intense. I need them to have slightly more specific motivations um, at this point, whether it's, like, Breeze is just really into having the titles, or maybe they're just, like, just, like, I, I want them to be intense baby, fa- intense veteran baby faces. Mm-hmm. They like being champions. They're proud to be champions. But kind of an inversion of Imperium. Imperium goes, the mat is sacred. They, you know, they claim to love wrestling and they do in their way, but it's like also not quite the right way. <coughs> Have Brizongo be the guys, the baby faces who love the sport. <coughs> Sure. who actually get like, rather than have them be the whimsical like they like to have fun on their way to the ring but once yeah. they get into the ring it's all business have them actually be the baby faces who like do love the sport do love being champions do take it seriously or just being textbook good respectable baby face champions Tommaso Chapa beat the aforementioned Desmond Troy if you're gonna beat him why not just make him Denzel Dijonette until you're gonna decide to push him that's my only baffling question. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Because right. I like that guy a lot. I, I like him too. I, 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 and I don't have a problem with Champa getting this new attitude established better. But yeah, no, I, I just I don't. Why change his name and then beat him? Like you know, like when they were beating Luke Menzies, they called them Luke Menzies before yes. they actually gave him his new name. Jake Atlas returns to challenge Champa. Uh. <laughs> Sneeze again, sorry. Jake Ellis is another guy who uh, I, I think uh, is in that Dimples Carrillo uh, category of... Boy, I, man, they look like you they were doing I something with You and I see something in these guys and like they don't. <laughs> it's like they were building him during the Cruiserweight tournament and then nothing. And I, yeah, I just, I don't get it. I, I really don't. I Marketable think... dudes, both of them, like uh, specific niches that you can market towards. Um, good wrestlers, talented guys, good-looking guys. Uh, seem like can't miss things that you would be built in marketing if you want to use it yeah, for the right, no, for right. the LGBTQT outreach. Yeah, and, and I have Carrillo those letters also, mixed up. Uh, yeah, Carrillo also appeals to the Spanish demographic. Yeah, that's that's what's getting at. Like, like no, you've got. You've got niches that you'd like to, you know, kind of broaden as the world wrestling entertainment company. Um, you would want to be able to appeal to. Uh, and WWE just looks at Atlas and looks at Carrillo and they go, 
you guys look like main event guys. And they're like, oh, and they're like, no, no, I mean like the show, main event. You'll be there next week. Enjoy it. Caden Carter and Casey Canzaro beating Zia Lee and Jesse Camille. Um Zia Lee <laughs> turned heel. Why? I oh. this is okay, let, let let me let me let me preface this. Zia Lee is the is a natural baby face. She's energy. She's great. I get that they like to make foreign people heels. I, you know, if, if they make her a killer, I'm great with it. If they make her just mean, right, I'm not. right, right. So, so obviously execution's going to matter here. But let's let's go in good faith here and like like kind of put away what we expect out of WWE. I want to just throw a name out at you. This is not a straight one to one comp. Muda. Oh God, yes. So the, the, the idea that. is you got to have Muda as a heel, smaller dude, needs to be in control of matches, needs to get over the intense offense, the snap offense, and, and there's something about the methodicals, like with Zia Lee's kicks and everything, um, and especially since she needs to be able to hit them in like set points and everything, the slow methodical pace of a heel styling works really well to get over all the intense spots of Xia Then when you want to flip her baby face, kind of in the way that they never quite were able to do here in the United States, but there are a number of different times where you could have with Muda. Um, then when you want to flip him baby face, flip her baby face in this case, that switch is very easy to hit because you've established all the offense. Plus, people have seen how devastating those kicks can be and how devastating, you know, Muda's moonsault and mist and all that other stuff is, and they want to be able to cheer the handspring elbow and all that stuff. Yeah, it, 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 I'm not sure about this. Has Xylee gotten smaller? I know she's she's now really, she's she's ripped right now. No, she's ripped and her hair is longer, which uh, which is like all extensions, but that might actually be kind of changing the way you're visually perceiving her. Okay, it just, it looked, she looked smaller to me a bit. Well, she went from having like, you know, short mid-length hair to like having, you know, like way down the back like extensions this week. So it's a very uh, different look for her. I loved, loved that ending sequence, pinning sequence by Cat and Zaro and and Caden uh, Carter and Caden Carter. Yeah, no, I thought that was, was great. This is the match we've been saying they've been needing to have for a mm -hmm. while. Um, and so like I thought that this was this is all interesting. Uh, Jesse Kamea felt like the the odd person out in this. Yes, whole thing. she's the baby deer, baby gazelle. Yeah, she's lanky and awkward, and but she's athletic as hell, and they just. They don't know the gimmick they want to put her in she's because a, this is yet she's another got one a thing, though, right? Uh, yes. Like, you know who I think she could pair well with um, as like like a friend's act or something like her and Tegan Knox seem to be of similar build. Yeah. And they her first gimmick was straight out of the Bailey baby face. You know, she was oh, doing yeah, the, Je right. the Jesse yeah, show yeah, the Jesse where, show. She, where she was going around and then, you know, and now, you know. She was sultry for a while, and she was goofy, and now she's kind of back to kind of being friendly again. They've got four it, or five different flavors for female talents in this I want, company. I want Jeff, all of her personalities to team. Give her a Sybil gimmick. We just don't know. <laughs> That'd be fun. Uh, that M. Which Night Jesse Kamiya is coming out tonight. Have you seen that M. Night Shyamalan movie Split? Let, let's yes. do that as a gimmick. Yes. There you go. I'm, I'm into I'm, that. I'm into I'm that. Actually, you know, in, in wrestling, they could do that kind of thing well if they try. No, I, it, okay, that's something. If you had long form booking and you did like, like, no, no, like, like, I mean, I, I don't know if 
AEW would be the better of the two companies to execute it, but you'd really need to set this out. But, like, if you had long-form booking, something like an angle akin to M. Night Shyamalan's split or, like, something inspired by that would be really, really cool. Yeah, I agree. Um, Wait. Drake Maverick, Killian Dane. What the hell? I hate this, hate this, hate this, hate this. Like, I hated Drake Maverick. I'm done with this guy. I, Seriously. I get, this I, guy was the hottest guy. baby face in the company at one point. And no, now but you made just... him a complete goober. Like, I uh, hate this dude. Dope. I hate his character. I hate his character. I what? hate his character. I hate Killian Dane's reaction to the character. Yes, the, the the backstage segment where he's sitting with everybody and just laughing as he's watching the match. Like, who are these random people who are delighting in the torture of Drake Maverick? What is this random room? Regal goes in and talks to Dane and just like the look of shame from Regal is what inspires Killian Dane to go to the ring. I, I mean, Regal should have went to Dane and said something like, if you don't go out to the ring, I'm going to suspend you. He goes down to the ring. Now we've introduced dramatic irony. We, the viewers, know something that the that Drake Maverick does not know, which is that Dane's down there to save Maverick, but he's not down there out of any like warmth of his heart, but because he has to do it because of his job. But instead, like they didn't actually introduce a motivation other than just Regal came in and shamed him. Like, boo-hoo. Why does Dane care about that? How are you feeling about the schism in the Undisputed Era? Not the best execution um, so far. I, I mean, like, I think Bobby, uh, I'm sorry, I think Kyle O'Reilly should be a face. Um, so I like that part of it. Colin O'Reilly being the baby face is, is interesting. I would almost I, rather have everyone turn on O'Reilly and, like, and just build up O'Reilly. Like, I, I don't, I guess. Like, I for me, the schism should have been O'Reilly and Fish and then Cole and. Roddy stay heel. Roddy stay heel, but yeah, I yeah, know yeah. Th- I know they want to build Adam Cole as a babyface. I just think he's a better heel, to be honest. So we're on the same page. That no, I I, I just I, Cole and Roddy as heels just make sense to me. Yes, I I I, I don't know how to put it. Um, like fiery, we've seen fiery babyface Roddy. It was fine for a while. They didn't capitalize on it. He's no, an outstanding it, heel. Yeah, you know, no, and he he's he's especially as like a little cocksure heel. Like he is such a good little prick heel. Um and O'Reilly's got such great baby face fire and like Fish as his veteran mentor and every like like it makes sense. Like I just I really like O'Reilly, man. Um I, I like he's a guy who I think should be an NXT champion. Um I, I think that there's a lot of untapped potential in that dude. Then ending the night, Damian Priest getting tights straight out of bad company from the AWA slash Brutus Beefcake. And Tim Thatcher, who continues to kind of be a rock in this NXT. I love the guy. I loved this match. I like, I like, but I just don't see beating Tim Thatcher this much being a good thing necessarily. How do you feel about the match and how do you feel about ladies man? Now, not really Archer of Infamy too much more. Damien well, Priest. No, like, okay, so da- one, I think Damien Priest, uh, he went through a real trial by fire here, and I think uh, this is a man who would appreciate my kiss references. You forgot to mention the time traveler, 
Uh, oh yes. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Kashida versus Kashida and um. I was so busy making the Kiss reference, I forgot to mention that. Kushida. No, uh, I like I like hardcore Kashida. I like Born I like Again him, hardcore. No, I like him, I like him they're, they're not gonna follow up on it though. Unless but, uh, they turn with, him heel. With regards to Damian Priest, I say to you, Jeff, the street giveth and the street taketh away. And uh, in this <laughs> case, with Damian Priest, the street has taken away portions of his clothing. Um, like, this Damian Priest gimmick, I think, is just its too busy. Uh, and I get that he's supposed to have it needs It needs one focus, and I would get yeah. rid of the Archer of Infamy nickname. I, I would I would disregard if he's gonna be Rico Suave, make him Rico Suave. I'm Damian fine with that. Priest. Yeah, yeah, like have him come out there. He's Damian Priest. He's a cocky badass. Um, he's cool. You can't give him the slash hat because you already got the slash hat on someone else in the division. And you uh, don't want to make him too much like Velveteen Dream. No, that's, <laughs> in many that's, ways. Uh, no, I, I know. And like uh, it, the ladies' man thing, it it, it feels like really weird. WWE has not done ladies man in such a long time. It feels like almost like a like a callback to yesteryear in kind of like a a weird way. Not it's an anac- it's, not it's an anachronism. anachronism. Yeah, you know, it's and like wearing it's, uh, Abercrombie and Fitch like cargo shorts or something. It's hard to do without being misogynist. That's also true. That that's part of the anachrony. Is that because if you're a ladies man, you use women and you send them on their way. Ain't the most. Love uh, and leave them. Oh, there's a bunch of Kiss songs with those type of themes, Jeff. <laughs> the Torpedo Girl, Tough Love, Uh, All Night. Uh, Are you <laughs> saying Kiss might have been a philandering type of band? I don't want to say that Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons uh, m- might have uh, had proclivities uh, when it came to the treatment of women that we would not approve of. Uh, but, uh, you know, they might say, I was born for loving you, baby. <laughs> or turn on the night uh something about me i actually did a when i was doing short form improv back in the day private birthday party for gene simmons shannon tweed and her kids sounds like rock and roll hell <laughs> uh yeah i like damien priest a lot i hope they can give somebody as a contender i wouldn't have wasted tim thatcher here because i think he's a He's a takeover level opponent, yeah, not necessarily okay, so a TV main event. With Tim Thatcher, especially with the Thatch's Thatch can school, right? I think what's important with him is it's not that he should never lose. He should lose. However, he should never lose easily, and he should never lose in the first encounter. Mm-hmm. So, in, in like a Thatcher angle, the first match. He should win via disqualification or win via countout or something. Something to keep him in the chase. Um, something to get his confidence in his his justification for why he holds himself in such high regard up. Because unlike other like a Cameron Grimes guy who's going to the moon, like like unlike that kind of guy, a heel like Thatcher is Super calculated and is grounded in reality. Um, yeah. Grimes is grand- grounded in fantasy, right? So, like, w- with Thatcher, he needs reality-based events. Grimes is a moment. delusional heel. Right, and so with Thatcher's a heels, planning heel. With delusional yeah. heels, you can bounce them off the pavement and they come right back up all, like a rubber ball. Um, mm-hmm. With, with a, a heel like Thatcher, you smash them against the pavement, they shatter. Um, so you need to make sure that there's always stuff there so that they can tell themselves it wasn't such a hard fall. Yeah, with, with the Thatcher types, he 
does not plan to fall on that concrete. I have plans to avoid that and shatter. And if that happens, then everything's lost because the plan is out the window at some point. And he um, needs to be you, there. What needs to be thought of when you're writing the Thatcher angles is when he loses this angle, how is he explaining this to his students in the next recap package? And you start from that point and work backwards. But yeah, Wednesday night was fun. I thought, I thought Wednesday night was a good night of wrestling and, uh, made up for the lousy Monday, in my opinion. Well, um, Monday was, uh, not good. It was not good. Oh, Monday was lousy. Yeah. You can follow me at Crap Game 13. You can follow Chris at Chris Novembrillion. You can follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. Once again, we'd like to thank my bookie. Go to mybookie.ag. Use code ROPES. Double your deposit. Unfortunately, we had some sad political news before we went to air in the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I'm sure Chris will be talking about on Don't Worry About the Government. Chris? Yes, I will. First and foremost, I pledge allegiance to the state of rock and roll, baby. And you can come and check me out. Over at Don'tWorry.tv on iTunes, on Stitcher, and on Spotify. Don't Worry About the Government is the name of the show. I will be talking about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, I'm not going to make a kiss reference. It just feels too close to the other topic. Uh, but you can find me at Chris Novembrino. Uh, and that's all I got. That's all, those are all my plugs. I'm totally naming this episode Love Gun. It's like a glove.